Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, live and let grow. We welcome back Lenore Skenazy of Free Range Parenting and Let Grow to talk about the benefits of childhood independence. Plus, Ellis stops by for a visit. Woo! Oh, hi, Biz. Hi, Teresa. I was trying to figure out if I could call it a genius. And was like, no, no, I'm just going to call and check in. Because it's just life. I am, you know, life is kind of extra wild right now, always. COVID cases going up. But I still am lucky enough that daycare is open. Although that's increasingly nerve-wracking. But, um... I'm on my way to pick up my daughter, which is always kind of an ordeal because she doesn't want to get in the car. So I have a series of different levels of bribes, ultimately accumulated in um, gummies. Apparently my daughter, well, she used to do just about anything for gummies. Now she just expects them because that's, that's how this has gone. But um, I started grabbing two packs of gummies just in case haven't helped me. I did not have gummies, which are fruit snacks. And uh, I would sometimes eat them because I need snacks too, apparently. And today I was packing up snacks and I was like, I don't, I need a snack. And grab another thing of gummies. I'm like, I don't want to eat gummies. I, I'm going to bring myself an actual snack that I actually want to eat halfway through dinner. So I'll have to finish that when I get home throwing things in an instant pot, hitting go. I think it's monumentally unfair that dinner still has to happen every day. Because, <laughs> I mean, I like eating, but making dinner somehow always manages to be some kind of ordeal in the chaos after pickup. I'm trying to get a child to cooperate. But, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Doing okay with a side of anxiety that doesn't quite ever fully go away and thank you so much for the podcast you're doing such a great job and i love you both bye well thank you for that check-in you are also doing an incredibly good job i (laughs) i this is like the level of energy i think all parents have right now is the like i mean i like eating but why do I have to cook dinner like every night? Yeah, oh, every night. You're just standing there and you're cooking it. Also, golly, the whole concept of the bribe turning into a routine, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. This is like the basis of so many geniuses that become failures. Well, I think you're doing a very good job remembering that you're a self and that you need a snack too. I think you're doing great. You are. You're doing a wonderful job. Also doing a wonderful job are healthcare workers, essential workers. Everybody 
who is in the healthcare industry from nurses to doctors to RNs to EMTs to, I'm going to say the same thing every week because every week everybody's doing the same thing. All the people who keep the facilities clean, lab workers, all the people who are setting up and helping people get their vaccines, people who are working helplines to help people navigate vaccine sign up. Every state, every city, every county can be different and it's confusing. And so good job to everyone out there who is stepping up and stepping in to help people get the information and the access they need to vaccines and to just general health care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our educators and people in the education industry. We are trying to figure all of this out, and I see you, and I appreciate it. Thank you to the Postal Service. Thank you to people who work in the food and grocery and retail industry. You're keeping everybody going, and that's not something you signed up for. (laughs) So I really see you, and I appreciate that you continue to show up. I will continue to smile and say thank you to you through my mask when I am there and to be mindful. And thank you to everyone who continue to wear masks. It's really important to do that. It's something we all know will help. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And now for a little special treat, Ellis is going to come in for a little quick Q&A. Da-da-da-da! Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Ellis Gustav Lawrence. Ellis, it's been a while since you have stopped by to say hello. 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 I have a question for you. What is the question? Okay. The question is, what is something like that you want to do that would make you feel independent, like something without your parents. Going on a walk all by myself. Out. What? And what is this? That's chocolate. You don't get any of that. Okay. I want chocolate. I know you want chocolate, but you're here to talk about being independent. So you want to go for a walk by yourself outside? Yes. What? Yes. That's scary for me. Not for me. Yeah, well, tell me what you would do. I... Just run crazy through the streets? No. No? I would, I would be on the sidewalk and walk. Yeah. But you know, I'm scared to let you do that. I'm scared that, like, what if somebody pulls out of their driveway? I'll look You see if they're there. Oh. Well, I'm also scared that, like, what if you get lost? Oh, I'll knock on, like... One of the people's doors that I know. Oh, we do know people on the street. This sounds very I responsible. I know people on the street because I'm just going up the street and back down. Yeah? How, how do you think that would make you feel? Actually, I, it would make me feel grown up. What? You're seven. That is practically grown up. You really want that chocolate. <laughs> Okay, 
I'm going to give you this special mama chocolate that I just got through telling Gabe I don't give to anybody. Is there anything else you want to say to the One Bad Mother community? Bye! I, I hope you have a great day! Yep. Bye, listeners! <laughs> All right, take your chocolate. Don't let your sibling know that you had it. Well, everybody, I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is childhood independence with return guest Lenore Skenazy. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are welcoming back Lenore Skenazy, who is co-founder and president of Let Grow, a nonprofit promoting childhood independence. Ever since her column, Why I Let My Nine-Year-Old Ride the Subway Alone, woohoo, created a media firestorm, <laughs> Lenore has been declaring that our kids are actually smarter and safer than our culture gives them credit for. She is the author of Free Range Kids, a book-turned-movement that garnered her the nickname America's Worst Mom. She has been profiled everywhere from The New Yorker to The New York Times and spoken everywhere from Microsoft to DreamWorks to the, this is one of my favorites, Bulgarian Happiness Festival. woo <laughs> You may have seen her on the Today Show, The Daily Show, Dr. Phil, or her own Discovery TV reality show, World's Worst Mom. At Let Grow, Lenore oversees school programs, an online community, legislative efforts, and myth-busting, all promoting the idea that when adults step back, kids step in. Now, this is also, I, I really appreciate that you included this particular bragging part of your bio. Oh. Are you ready? Here it goes. Before all of this, she was a reporter and columnist at the New York Daily News and New York Sun and... She also used to write for Mad Magazine and Cracked. Yes, this is, that is high, high esteem for me, who is <laughs> perpetually 12 years old. Welcome yes. back to the show, Lenore. The last time we had you on was, are you ready for this? Episode seven. Oh, wow. This will be like 300 and something. Right? Yeah, we're at 391 is this one, which is amazing. So wow. this is really Correct. a fun question. Thank you very much. This is a really fun question. Who lives in your house, you know, now? Oh, my ever dwindling life is what you're talking about? Uh, yes, like, yes, like please. How, how unfun are you now, Lenore? We talked to you when you were in the ripe prime of motherhood and now you're this scraggly old lady as evidenced by your hair that we see on the Zoom that I'm not allowing you to show. I love uh, it. So, so here, I have a husband uh, yep. still alive and well. And since he was vaccinated yesterday, I think I got him for longer than that. Ooh. And our 22-year-old, the subway rider, is living at home. But right now he's at his job. So he's got a job, but he's living at home. That many are. Yes, they are. <laughs> they right, right, right. There's a pandemic going on. Did you know oh, that? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure if it reached the you. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Here's what I'd like to kind of start with. I think, guys, I, I mentioned it in the bio. You can go back to 
you know, episode seven, I do not want to spend this entire time reliving the subway story. Basically, Lenore thought that she knew what was best for her own child, and she let them do that. And then the public shaming started. So there we go. Thank God the Twitter wasn't around back then. But it's true. Twitter wasn't right? there yet. Right. That would have demolished. I would have been bean dad. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You would have been I would have been poor. bean dad. You would have been bean, bean dad. I right. Right. All right. So I do, though, want to retouch on the whole notion of free range parenting. So let's just give us a quick refresher on free range parenting uh, before we get into everything. So free-range parenting is what people of a certain age recall as, actually, I wouldn't even say, I used to say they recall it as parenting, but when people were just (laughs) parenting, they didn't call it parenting. They just had kids. (laughs) It wasn't a public sport. It wasn't, you weren't given a report card. You weren't bragging (laughs) about it all the time. You weren't schlepping them everywhere all the time. You just had the kids and you loved them and you fed them and you were interested in them, but not everything was done with them or for them. And the reason I even say that it's a good idea to take a little bit of a step back is because it's taking up all of our time as well as encroaching on any independence of theirs. So I realized with the pandemic, you take a step back and there you are in the remote learning thing. Somebody just tweeted, speaking of which, that she accidentally gave her son, the 17-year-old son, the finger and realized that he was on his high school class at the moment. So I'm sure she's in jail by now. And for the record, I don't recommend giving your child any fingers or yours. But the problem is that we've, we've sort of been, as a culture, told that our kids can't handle anything safely or successfully on their own. And free-range parenting says, oh, yes, they can. <laughs> and that's right. it. And it allows parents, you know, where we support them. We, we, you're all, we also support you if you want to do more for your kids. It's up to the parents, but it's not up to the shamers and it's not up to the government to say this is exactly the level of attention you must give to every one of their issues. Actually, I, I really like that clarification. The, it's up to you as the parent. Mm-hmm. not the other voices in the room. And, you know, we've talked about that for the last 300 and something shows, this notion <laughs> of there's <laughs> no way, there's no one way. Every child is different, even in your own house. And Every day is different. Yeah, My God, you exactly. know, it sort of depends on, did you drink a lot of coffee? Did you get enough right. sleep? Are you mad about, like, why did we <laughs> skip ahead in Schitt's Creek and now we are in the wrong spot and we have to go backwards and it's, it's just not as funny? You know, I mean, right. there's a lot of different variables in anyone's life. And, you know, we do talk about, like, oh, all kids are different, but... You know, it isn't even that. It's sort of what makes you feel good and what you have time for and what you have the money for and what are your priorities. And they all are always shifting. That Well, I, it's the shifting that I, I wanted to ask you about in your own sort of journey in this universe, right? Like there's the Lenore from when this all sort of began to mm-hmm. the Lenore of the free range parenting beginning, like just mm-hmm. writing the book, to... Mm-hmm. Now, the the nonprofit Let Grow, what, if anything, has sort of changed for you as you've navigated through all of this? Anything? Or are you like, nope, it's all good? <laughs> <laughs> it's all 
all. Let's see. So I never was afraid of strangers or the subways, but now both my sons are old enough to drive and I'm terrified. Let's yeah. just put it out there. <laughs> driving. Out. And the other day there was a blizzard and the mayor here in New York City said no one should be driving, which I immediately ran to my 22 year old sunroom and said, see, nobody should be driving. There's the mayor. It's on my phone. <laughs> and and he being the, I guess, independent young man we wanted to raise went damn out it. and drove, God damn it, to <laughs> his job and then when he showed up and I was on the phone so I couldn't ask him what it was he showed up far too early he showed back at home at one in the afternoon I'm like oh no you know was the car totals are you okay how's the person in the other car how about the other 10 in the pile up and it turned out no they just sent everybody home because obviously it was ridiculous to go driving on that day so mom was right but mom was wrong in that then he got to come home early and get paid for a whole day and you know what do I know about driving except that it's scary and terrifying so you know, physician heal thyself. I'd say that I'm, I've always been a nervous parent, just not nervous about some things, but I think that's probably pretty normal. And what you're allowed to be the parent you are, you know, <laughs> so that's it. Well, we'll see now. One of the things I love about talking to people and listening to people, even more importantly, is I catch myself with my own notions of what I thought and whatever I thought is probably actually more of a reflection on myself, <laughs> but everything is, <laughs> everything is I, but I want to be like, no, 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 no. You're Lenore. You're the free range parent, you know, mm. guru. You aren't scared of anything. Mm. And I'm, mm. you know, not, you know, doing enough. Right. And so like, and I, I just have to tell you how, how nice it is to hear you say that you're terrified of many things. And I'd like to kind of explore that notion of some things I am good with mm -hmm. and some things I am not. And mm -hmm. I have found myself in that situation so many times. I've known people whose kids are what I call, you know, the climbers, right? Like you see them on top of the roof if they could be, oh, oh, right? Oh, not social climbers. Okay, not social actual climbers. climbers. Like, no, like regular with, yeah. old climbers. We're, right, we're not right. into the social climbers yet. <laughs> Just good old-fashioned climbers. Physical kids that can jump from right. tree to, and, and do it flawlessly, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't make those, despite <laughs> how much I'd like them to be that. I yeah. they, they have not touched the dome in the backyard ever because of spiders right mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't blame them <laughs> yeah I don't blame them that's fine but like I have gone through my own journey of it's my fault that they're not climbers right mm -hmm. somehow I've done this or I do the no 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 they're they're mental acrobats they're they're more <laughs> to the mental mm -hmm. challenging right like and what did that parent do that was different what so with the website and the book and the new Let Grow, when people reach out to you, mm -hmm. is this what they're reaching out about? Like, what what do they tend to come to you with? What are they looking for? Probably That's permission. <laughs> um, well, I think reassurance. And we're all looking for reassurance, especially in a you know culture that is really has this new pastime, which is, you know, shaking a finger at a mom for doing something, you know, two degrees different from the way I would do it or you would do it. So a lot of times they write to me kind of shakily, like, you know, am I a terrible mother? I, and then they fill in the blank with something that they did that was completely normal that nobody would have even thought about yeah. for a second, a generation ago. And then I, I provide reassurance in that. And then they also wonder like, 
like me, how can you stop being so afraid in a culture that really, you know, has figured out the best way to get anybody's attention or money or adulation is by saying that something terrible is happening to kids. And if you only do it this way, they'll be fine. And I worry sometimes that we're doing that too. We're saying kids will be great if you let them go. But we also think that kids will be great, period. Um, If they have, (laughs) you know, parents who love them and and there's some food around. And and the other thing is that I'd like to say, you know, I, I believe that we have been fed a lot of fear by our culture. Our culture is, I'd say, awful that way in terms of making us worry about everything all the time. And I usually keep a stack of parents' magazines over there next to my computer so that I can just read aloud from whatever has annoyed me in the most recent (laughs) issue about something new that we have to do. And it's written in sort of cheerful language, but like the most- 10 things you're doing wrong, loving your child. Yes, right, right. My my favorite one, actually, I don't even have it. It's in my closet, but my favorite one is, and I think it might've been in Parenting Magazine, not Parents, was there was a a hug how-to. Let me say that again. There was a hug how-to. Right Ten ways you're hugging your children wrong. Wrong, right, right. And it does tell you, it says what to do. It's like, get down to your little one's level. It's like, oh, you mean I don't hug them from above, like to, their, to, to the dome of their head? That's not how I hug? And it says, hold them closely, chest touching. And I'm thinking like, oh, because I was always holding them behind my back. Yeah. And that was always hurting me and it hurt them. And I didn't feel very close and they didn't feel loved. And so by the time you have magazines telling you how to hug your child, yeah. that you could get it wrong or that you were thinking of like, oh God, do I really have to hug him? Oh, it's really good developmentally. Honey, come here. It's hug time. Um, There's something wrong with our culture. But the most recent one I had was Parents Magazine. And it was how to read to your child to to raise a reader. And one of the things it said was that they, they spend so little time when they're young kids and they're looking at picture books, they spend so little time looking at the type. And I'm like, Hmm, could it be because there are pictures? It's <laughs> a know? picture book. Yeah, well, that's not good enough. Not if you want to raise a reader, God darn it. And to raise a reader, it said to like point out the, uh, the title and then to simply say, look, there are seven words in this title. And I'm... That's exhausting. It's, it's not only exhausting, it's the opposite of how you read. If you're yeah. reading, I wonder how many words are in the title. I wonder how, you know, it's like AI or something. It has it has nothing to do with being interested or cuddly or close or following a story or falling into a book or using your imagination. It is the antithesis of reading. And here it is, a magazine telling you that if you want to raise a good reader, um, like who will read Parent Magazine soon? <laughs> You should be doing something that is the opposite of normal. And and the thing that it's not only the opposite of normal, it's more work, it's less fun, <laughs> mm. it's less natural. Yeah. Right? And it is to us to an end in itself. It, you know, the end is to raise a reader who does well on their SATs and goes to Princeton. And <laughs> that's a society that is spinning us around and really giving us terrible advice. And part of the advice is that you on your own are going to do it wrong. You are going to ruin your child. You're going to stunt them, hurt them. And if you're just interacting like a human with another human who's young, who you usually love and who often annoys you, that's not enough. 
It's All just, right. Well, a lot now of how do I stop feeling like shit for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for having, like having shit. modeled something for my child, Lenore? You know, like, because I remember my mother, I was, I, I remember had my, mine. I remember, she's, she's pretty great. My first child was like, I don't know, one and a half, two. We were living in Brooklyn at the time and we, I'd take her to the playground and be full of kids. Everybody's running around. And I, I remember as a new parent being very precious about any injury that might befall my child, right? Mm-hmm. As is Emphasis my, as is my mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. And other times I would see kids climbing and doing things that I thought that kid is going to fall off and knock their teeth out. Now, I kept that to myself, except <laughs> I called my mother, right? I was like, Mama, uh-huh. I feel like what am I supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, I knew that you guys were going to fall. But if you were going to fall right in front of me, I was going to catch you, right? Like if I was Mm -hmm. within an arm's reach, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And to me, like that fit with something that helped me like walk through the world with kids. They're not always going to be in arm's reach, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to fall on the other side of the playground. Actually, I love that because it it tells you two things. It tells you... You're not an overbearing, horrible helicopter parent because you are catching them when they fall. And then it also tells you that they're going to be fine without you doing that because, of course, they won't always be with you. Right. So and I, it gives you both. Yeah. But that notion of catching, I, it, it's a trap sometimes, I feel, in our, our culture. The trap of you're not being, you're not letting your kids be independent enough, you're not free range enough, or you're a helicopter. Right, like oh, yeah, no, there's every yeah, action. Like, every action is horrible. <laughs> That's true, and uh, so what? Thank so you. my advice, my advice is your mother's advice, actually. Yeah. Let me play. Let me channel your mother. Oh, for a okay, mama. They are gonna fall, and yep. and how great not to always be there, because I think that I yeah. think that there's this weird sort of uh, I don't know infinite loop, which is that. We're with our kids, like me, with my kids. And I think, oh, my God, they're crossing the street, looking down at their phones. Oh, my God, they can't possibly cross the street by themselves. And I'm walking them across the street. (laughs) If I was not with them, I have to assume, because they've made it to this point, that at least some point they actually look up and see (laughs) if cars are coming at them. Right. Because there isn't somebody to help them. But because we're with them and we see them sort of, you know, giving all their responsibility to us. We think they're completely irresponsible, so we don't give them any responsibility because they, and it's just this, it just keeps Watch your going step. on. Watch your step. Watch your step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch really. your Honey, step. are you sure? Is that okay? Watch your step. Sure? Yeah. Watch your step. <laughs> Watch out. That's wet. It's slippery. It's wet. It's I do it to my husband. Oh, my God. I know. There's, you know, it's like snow. It's like, you know, he probably, we both grew up in Chicago. We know it's right. snow. We know it's not Velcro, right? right. It's not shag carpeting. It's, it's slippery. slippery. Why do I feel compelled? To tell them, you know, it's really slippery out there. You moron who has never <laughs> encountered snow before because you're from Hawaii. That's not the case. So, All right. Let's talk pandemic yes. for a second. Because pandemic. can I, this is the, this is the strange correlation I have come up with. Okay, let's hear it. I wonder mm. if the level of independence granted to a child mm-hmm. is tied to how much time you have to spend with the child right now for nine months i've been in this house with (laughs) both of my children Mm. and the amount of independence i've started giving them (laughs) 
exponential blossomed. I'm just like, oh, that's really great. Actually, go, go, I should go, go, go. Talk to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think for us, I feel like that's actually one of the positive parts mm-hmm. of it because, like, I can't, I can't. It, and it, what the pandemic's done is put that spotlight on. I cannot, I cannot mm-hmm. work from home and do all this. You mm-hmm. are old enough to make your fucking lunch. Go do it. You are old enough to like get a snack for yourself. Get it, right? Go outside. Go outside. I told my seven-year-old who was having a breakdown about dribbling a ball and that they were never, ever going to be able to dribble this ball. And I said, you know what? Probably. Yeah. I was so <laughs> tired. I was like, you know what? You know what my father would have said to me? He was like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to stay outside until you can dribble that ball. Wow. <laughs> he was like, he goes, really? Hmm. I was like, yeah. Are you going to lock me outside until I can dribble the ball? And I was like, would you like me to? <laughs> yes. All righty, Roo. That kid can dribble. Anyway. Wow. I <laughs> but love it's, that. That's but so great. I feel like the pandemic is really hard because it's this, like, unseeable fall, right? Like, you know, at the playground, if I'm watching my kid you know, walk Mm -hmm. on the monkey bars, I can be like, I can see what the fall would look like, right? (laughs) But with the Why is that great? (laughs) I know. Isn't that great? I have this horrible, my husband's always like, guys, remember, your mother only sees the absolute worst outcomes of all situations. And I was like, you know, I have a phrase for that now. Oh, what is the phrase? It's called worst first thinking, coming up with the worst case scenario first and proceeding as if it's likely to happen. It's always teeth. Explains a lot. Yes. You're always teeth. You're always going to lose your teeth. Well, it took me. I've heard that already in this, in just in this podcast, we've mentioned the teeth being knocked out several times already. Yeah. That is because I moved from death. Okay. Mm, The worst thing that's had to happen is probably Mm -hmm. not death. The worst, quote unquote, worst thing is probably knocking your teeth out. And that lets me sleep. Now- Back to the <laughs> pandemic. The kids are getting pretty fucked up during this pandemic because we can't get out. I know. Oh, I'm getting the face. I'm getting the Lenore face of no, they're not. But like, I I know the benefits of what, say, my 11-year-old's going through would be to be doing that at a school away from me. There's so much learning that should take place without me there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and, but like, here you are right now. You're not with her now. Here you are and, you know, yeah. locked in a closet somewhere doing No, that's podcast. true. But I mean, like, yes, that is true. But they are also not around their peers. They're not in their, yeah. let's say, yeah. peer village right now. Mm-hmm. Learning those experiences that I can't, I, I can't teach them. It shouldn't be my job to teach them some of right. the... Right, no, you can't, you can't. It's it, right. it, It's experiential, are, yeah. Exactly. And their experience, at least, for example, in California, is to not be able to go a lot of places. Our choices right. are limited. And so I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder about the effects of the pandemic. And I also think adults, we're not going to come out of this perfect either. We're right. all going to suddenly have a level of anxiety that we may or may not have had before this you don't think people are freaking out she's giving me this look and I'm, I'm like so many looks because i think that there i don't know the answer so i i shouldn't damn look, it. Um, look so smugly. i know all right yes i do here's the answer the answer okay, is great g <laughs> right. <laughs> right it's 72 all it's, of the above right 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 right, right. <laughs> prefer not to ask again later right um right. 
really old reference. No, I love so, that reference. Go ahead. So a couple of things. First of all, kids were doing so much online anyway before the pandemic. We almost forget that like most of their social life was online anyhow. So that isn't that dramatically different. Obviously, they're not going to school and that's a big difference, but they're spending a lot of time still doing their relating like they were doing before. Yeah, online. but I think that's true for slightly older kids. I mean, yeah, like true. my seven-year-old was never yeah, probably, really probably on a computer. And I, we never kept our kids from like technology or whatever. Like, but it was always, you know, here and there mixed with other things. Now I got an 11-year-old coming into themselves and wanting, mm. you know, all of that. Like, what are my mirrors? What am I looking yeah. at? How am I yeah. defining myself? And they're just beginning to learn about that interaction socially online. And I mean, if I already had a kid who was nose deep into a phone or a computer, mm-hmm. I agree, it would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But with slightly younger kids, it's like, mm-hmm. well, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle with this. I mean, when mm-hmm. we come out of this, I mean, and it's wonderful learning opportunity. And we get to like, <laughs> like right, we get all to that. know each other so much better. And okay, I so- blah, blah, blah. All right, so I'm going to blah, blah, blah for a few minutes, too. Right. So here's here's a couple of notes that I wrote. Okay. Uh, one was Ringo. Why did I write down Ringo? <laughs> I because I started, and this will show you that I have no grit. I started <laughs> but did not finish the gigantic, unending, LBJ-like, like nine-volume series about the Beatles, which actually told you about their where their grandparents had grown up. And I thought this was just a little too granular for me. But, or, or grandparent Grand, but granular. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the thing is that Ringo spent a year or two, and I can't remember, in a hospital. He had something. I don't know what was it. Was it pleurisy? Was it polio? Whatever he had, he was stuck in a hospital bed for a long time, at least a year. And I, I think he ended up okay. You know, he that had some right. success, right? Some professional yeah. success. <laughs> so I, I think that we forget how outrageously resilient the species is, especially <gasps> young people. Yeah, I think about, even my father-in-law was, you know, blinded and at 16 and stuck in a hospital and wanted to kill himself and ended up a lawyer, strangely enough, which would make me want to kill myself. But the point is that we are really resilient and we are, as a society, always looking to find something to say like, oh my God, this terrible thing just happened and it's gonna, and then we fill in the blank with how it's going to affect children in some horrible way. It's a yeah. pastime, it's a hobby, it's the mad libs of modern life. I feel like I should do a mad libs yes, about you should. the pandemic because Worst of the fear. blank, you know, it is people, you know, children are blankly becoming blank blanks you know yeah, this but is you bad could, for them because blank right actually, you could be like idea. actually yeah. it's so good you could do like scary noun you know yes, horrible yes, adjective yeah. right? just like and then fill in other disaster yes. other natural disaster in the last thousand natural years disaster pandemic mad lib oh, i actually love that idea and i have to say is... so in terms of mad libs i just have to brag here just like yes. i brag about mad magazine so when i was a kid in high school i read a book called God, I can't remember. It was by Roger Price. I can't remember what the book was. It was like How to Drive Yourself Crazy or something like that. And I I tracked him down through the publisher and wrote him a letter. And he wrote back and we became pen pals. And he's the inventor of Mad Libs. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I used to send him funny poems. He would critique them. He was not that easy a guy. Yeah, uh, that's and I amazing. met him when I went out to California. I met him. So Roger Price of Price Stern Sloan, you can look at any Mad Lib. That was him. Oh, 
my gosh, because isn't that cool? That's yeah. how my children are learning adverbs, adjectives, and nouns at this it's point. Great, in time. Isn't it? It's yeah. great. It really Fun is. It's the way to learn anything. Okay, so Ringo. Ringo. Yes, is one Ringo. Thing. Ringo rebounded from his resilience year, his pandemic type year. Mm-hmm. I wrote PTG. What's PTG? I don't know. Post traumatic growth. It actually Ooh. is more common than post-traumatic stress. Those who study it say, and what is post-traumatic growth? I think you can guess. You go down, you had a trauma, and then you come back up with a new purpose, new perspective. Uh, you know, it's sort of the opposite of like you, you win the lottery and you think like my life is going to be great. And then six months later, you're in debt and divorced <laughs> and your dog has rabies and you think, wow, this sucks. It's the opposite of that. Okay, <laughs> whatever that, that is, the opposite it's of the it. opposite, which is that, you know, you, you rebound. I mean, if we couldn't rebound from anything, we would be this very different species. And for some reason, and I think it has to do with clicks and, and you know, selling anything, we are always talking about the downside of things, which is why at Let Grow, we did a survey towards the beginning of the pandemic, asking parents, like, what new things are your kids doing now? Yeah. Are they helping around the house? How do you feel about them? We gave them a list of adjectives. And... <laughs> No, really. And the actually, the list always changed. So it's not like there's, it's not like the one thing is always at the top. But in the end, the bottom was disappointed. I mean, the, the one that got the least votes was disappointed. And the two top ones were impressed and uh, proud. It was proud. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, actually, that makes a remarkable amount of sense. And it sounds like you've done some research into this. Actually, we did our own research into it. We asked 1,600 children and 1,600 adults across the economic and geographic spectrum. And when we asked the kids, what new thing did you learn last week just for fun, if anything? It was it was just amazing. I yeah. mean, it's sort of like your kid dribbling. I mean, that yeah. wasn't because there was a dribbling test that was coming up, <laughs> right? Right? You didn't have to right. pass dribbling to go on to nope. the, the green letters in, in spelling or something. So <laughs> what is that? So the point is that we heard, you know, kids were learning... Obviously, tons of baking was going on. Oh, All yeah. the bikes were sold out of Walmart. I know. You know, kids were babysitting more because their parents were busy and they were making their snacks. And once they were making their snacks, sometimes they got a little more elaborate and then they started making a meal. And maybe they even used the oven and maybe they used the oven without exploding or burning themselves, you know. And <laughs> and the whole idea, so the guy I was just interviewing for a Q&A at letgrow.org, it should be up soon. Is, the, uh, is this professor of psychology who was talking about anxiety. And what anxiety is, is mistakenly thinking that something is dangerous. It's too scary or too hard, or you're gonna fail at it and hurt yourself in a way that you won't recover. And when you're scared of doing something that isn't dangerous, but it's in your head is dangerous, like walking the dog, climbing a tree, whatever, anytime you avoid it, your mom says, okay, you don't have to walk the dog. I'll walk the dog or I'll open the oven for you. You get this feeling of you're flooded with relief, with this, which is such a great feeling that you associate it with the joy of not doing that other thing, which then becomes more and more scary. And it's that's called aversion. And until you are exposed to walking the dog, climbing the tree, being locked out, having to take the test, <laughs> all these things, until you are exposed to them and realize like, hey, I could handle that. You don't grow. You shrink. 
from things as opposed to, that's why we call ourselves Let Grow, because our slogan is when adults step back, kids step up. And some of the things that we're seeing, adults are stepping back. I yeah. have to be in, I have to do my podcast now. You go make your snack. And then they make their snack and the oven isn't scary anymore. It's not a, a threat to life and limb. It's the thing that allows you to make, go from brownie batter to brownies. My God, that person was smart. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Actually, that's that's incredibly insightful. I want to wrap up on let grow. I want to like you. this has <laughs> this has come out of all of this and yeah. tell us about the site. But I also want to say how many great resources there are on it. So talk to us oh, a little just, bit. We just totally redid the site, so maybe there are, maybe there aren't. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So a couple of years ago, two other people who were concerned about sort of the growing fragility of kids, especially as they reached high school and college age, were thinking, well, it doesn't happen the second you step on campus that suddenly, you know, you're thrown for a loop because you have an argument with somebody or there's a mouse in your room or whatever. It must be that kids are being somehow overprotected into not being as competent or confident as they could be, as we would hope who is fighting that battle? And so they found me and they said, <laughs> actually, one of the guys was Jonathan Haidt, who um, he wrote a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. He's the mm. co-author of that very popular book. So they said, let's start an organization together and we will be promoting childhood independence. And I was like, you're kidding. I'll work with people and I'll have a salary. I, yeah. <laughs> 10 years in the wilderness as a freelance writer, uh, scraping by, giving speeches all the time. Sounds good. I mean, yes, let's make that organization. So so we started it and we called it Let Grow. We were going to call it Let Go and Let Grow. And we realized yeah. that it's hard to let go until you until you do. So to say it to people is a bad idea. Let's just talk about the upside, which is the growth. So we call it let grow, L-E-T-G-R-O-W dot org. And actually I'm going to go look at the site right now. Oh, you should. I I have to tell you, because we we reconfigured it today. Um, And I got to remember what's at the top. So I'd say the most important thing we have, of course, we have a blog and we have our mission statement and we list all our books that all of us have written. And we have a laws and advocacy tab at the top because we are trying to change the laws that so that parents don't have to think twice if they do want their kid to play outside or walk to school or come home in the afternoon when you're not there because you're working two jobs and we don't want that to be mistaken for neglect right now giving your kids some independence is different from ignoring dangers putting them in dangers way abusing them all that stuff we don't want to happen to kids But we don't want parents to have to second guess their rational decisions or their seat of the pants decisions because your husband's car broke down and you have to leave the seven-year-old alone because you have to go get him. And that's not neglect, that's life. Okay. So in our laws and advocacy section, it talks about how we're working with a bunch of states right now, six states right now, trying to change the laws that narrow the neglect laws so that it, you know, independence is not mistaken for neglect. I'd say that teachers and educators should, try, should check out our school programs, but also parents, because just what I was talking about now with the Let Grow Project really is, it's, it's, it's free to download. Everything on our site is free. And it shows you, it just gives you the confidence to say, you know, there is a reason to let my kid do some stuff on her own or his own. It's not just because it's more convenient for me. It's not just because Lenore says so. There is something that happened, although I do say so. I, I'm like, okay. 
Lenore said so. But if you look at the videos, you'll just see amazing things. All these adorable kids who didn't realize how much they could do and how happy they would be and how proud. And my one of my favorite stories, and I don't think it's on there, but I should put it on there, is um, after one of the schools did the Let Grow project where they give the kids the homework because I'm going to go home and do something on your own without your parents, something new. I went back at the, at the beginning of the next school year after they'd done the project the year before. And she said, well, what's really great is there are so few, fewer kids are sticking out their feet now. And I'm like, Huh? What? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I know. Like, what? Are you mean so they used to be tripping each other? What kind of school yeah. are you running? You know, what kind of jerks are you raising here? That sounds so bad. And she's like, no, no, no. There, there are fewer kids sticking out their feet for the teacher to tie their shoe for them. <gasps> that's yeah. great. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. It's like, it's sort of like we're always doing things for our kids because they're always asking and then they're always asking. So we're always doing and we assume that they can't do it because they've asked us to do it. And so we don't make them do it like your kid with the dribbling. You yeah. assume that he could dribble or she. I don't uh, know yeah, is. that kid can dribble just fine. Right, right, right. <laughs> as, as can, you know, most kids, if you give them some time and a ball. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that helped. Part. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably your mistake to begin with. And yeah, the ball that was really. I know he, he yeah. had a stick in his hand, and I yeah, was like, not "What bouncing. is the problem? Well, how come everyone else can do this?" Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing wrong as a mother? Really? <laughs> <laughs> He's not dribbling the pan. He's not dribbling the stick. The towel doesn't work. I know what could it's it so be? weird. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Lenore, thank you for coming back and joining us again. Congratulations on everything paid that work. <laughs> well paid work, but also everything that's come out of the simple act of letting your child that's ride weird. the subway. I think you're actually a very good mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and we're going to make sure that we link everybody up to letgrow.org. I agree the school programs and the different activities that you have on there for people they really are helpful. They're, I appreciate the work and thought that's gone into it. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank and I, you. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm one bad mom to another. That's well, right. I am actually the worst. Well, you're the worst. That's... worst. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's to many more years of doing a horrible job. <laughs> Thank you. You too. And you Thank too, you. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. With a KiwiCo subscription, you and your child get everything you'll need to create unforgettable moments shipped right to your door. We have had so much fun in our house thanks to KiwiCo. Recently, my nine-year-old daughter, Gracie, has been really into watching old episodes of Dexter's Laboratory, um, and she's been really into, like, wearing her little lab coat around and wanting to have, like, her own little lab, and I checked, and Kiwi Crate has multiple <laughs> kits for chemistry and, like, mixing colors and using little test tubes. And Gracie was just working on one of those this morning and having a total blast. So with different science, art, and geography crates for kids of all ages, there is something for every kid at KiwiCo. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. 
That's 30% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Are you here? Teresa? Teresa, are you here? I'm here. It's like magic words. It's like <laughs> saying Beetlejuice three times or like Bloody Mary in the mirror. Not that you are a nightmare like either of those, but I feel like it's my magic words to be like, genius fail time, Teresa. Oh, and then here I am. Yeah. And then you like appear, like yeah. I've said your name and now you're here. Yes, I'm That's here. So nice. It's so nice. It is really nice. I really enjoy being here. I wish I could poof you out of your different situations just by saying genius fail time, Teresa, just at any time. That would be so good. It's like Just to summon me away from wherever. Yeah, (laughs) that would be so good. (laughs) It would be nice. But here's what I want to do. Okay. I would like to ask you to genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I will do that. I would like to follow up on something that I talked about last week, which was the fail of allowing my kids to decide that they would have oh. a sleepover. <laughs> I, am, I, I eagerly await to hear yeah. the update. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, so I'm talking about it in genius, so yeah. that should give you an idea. Clue. But basically, like, we, they were very excited about it. And we never talked about any activities that would be involved. Like, all we talked about was that the kids would, was that Curtis would sleep in Gracie's room. And I think things got late because we had a movie night, like I said, we were going to have. And so we had the movie night and then we went upstairs and I pulled out Curtis's sleeping bag and I put it on the floor next to Gracie's bed. Oscar got interested and he wanted to join, which I thought might lead to things getting even crazier. But Grace and Curtis were happy to have Oscar join them. So we also brought in a sleeping bag for Oscar. Of course. Grace offered to read them a book because that's what we do at that time. So I just like sat there taking pictures of them because I was like, this is so cute. It's so cute. And then they went to bed. Wait, what? Yeah. Like it was like it was so weird. It was like they acted like it was the normal nighttime routine, except they were all together on the floor in Gracie's room instead of where they usually are. I I don't, I can't explain it. I I am going to take credit for it because I'm going to take credit for anything good that happens in my house. 
Yes. Because I always feel bad for all the and take on all the bad stuff that happens in my house. So at least I get to enjoy the good stuff that happens. But it was great. And like the next day, er like everybody slept well. Everything was fine the next day. We cleaned up and they never asked again, like, can we do it again? Like, it was just like, oh, like they did it. It was fun and it was over. And that was it. Wow. It was amazing. That's amazing. I am actually so glad (laughs) this was the outcome of this fail from last week. Like, I, I I had high hopes. Because uh-huh. I've seen it work in this house. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be like, oh, that's me. Oh, it'll be like, fine. In my mind, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in my mind, I was like, this could work. Uh-huh. This could actually be good. But I didn't want to set that bar. Yeah. I'm so glad. And, you know, I, I'm even more glad that they didn't ask immediately to do it again. Yeah. Like, I, that's, I know that's a weird thing to say. Like, but come on. Let's, yeah. yeah. Come on. Not going to be that good every time. Yeah. That is such a good job. And you are the reason that worked. Thank you. You're you're welcome. <laughs> okay, I can't escape this house. Okay, I can't can't go anywhere. Yeah, can't no. remove myself unless you're delivering some... a baked good to the Thorn household. Yeah, unless I'm delivering baked goods to the Thorns, <laughs> which sadly we've just run out of the last birthday uh-huh. for this year. Well, no, we're gonna wait till fall yeah. comes. Anyway. Yeah. Long story short, the video game Animal Crossing is now in our our house. Mm. Animal Crossing is a game in which you create a little island and you can build like your own little house. Like there's no end to this game. There's no Mm -hmm. like you're not battling anybody. You're just world creating but you're like Mm -hmm. a cute little thing and there's cute little Mm -hmm. animals and it's oh I'm gonna go fish all day right. So the evil part of Animal Crossing is only one person can be like the island main island resident Mm. Mm -hmm. so whatever they choose for the island goes Mm. now the first genius is I never let the game in the house because you can't like switch profiles and then create your own island like you could if you were playing any other game you can do your own game like right your own user yeah with this it's by console Wow. So I, I was like, okay. I'm not bringing this hell into yeah. this house. Yeah. My two children. It's just like bringing fighting. all the conflicts of your yeah. own household into like, your household this? again. Right. It's like what a is repeat. this game for? Why, yeah. why would we do this? So I had told Kat that if you want this game, you can get yourself your own console. And like yeah. for a year, they saved up and they did. They got their own console, and I bought the game, and this is very exciting, and it's its own genius, but we're getting to mine, but I decide I'll play it on Ellis's. I'll let Ellis do their own island on the main console, Mm -hmm. and I will just live on their island. Yeah. He takes horrible care of his island. Okay. (laughs) There's garbage everywhere. He built a museum right in front of my house, so (laughs) like that was annoying. And there are all these people like walking around on the aisle, like all this stuff. So (laughs) my genius is that a certain point in the game, you can pay a great deal of money to move your house. And when that Mm. option became available, Mm -hmm. I paid that money. Mm -hmm. Like not real money, like island money. Island money. 
fished a lot to get some money. (laughs) I moved my house to the farthest, most remote spot of the island. You Mm -hmm. have to have like a ladder to get there. Mm -hmm. There's no bridge to it. This sounds so good. And when I told Stefan, who does not play the game, right? I said, so Stefan, I have moved my house to the farthest part of the island. And he could not stop laughing and said, <laughs> this is genius because you can't do this in your real life, but I love yeah. it in your fake island life. You're yes. like, I'm going to be so yeah. far away. I will pick up and move. <laughs> I will decorate however I want to. I don't have to save things I find. I could just sell them. I just yeah. throw them away. Yeah. I don't have to do it. Alice will never know. He'll never know. Yeah. He'll never know. Anyway, the world is broken and and so am I. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Good job. I guess. Move over, Albert Einstein, because I am the genius. I just got a text message with a photo of my toddler successfully napping at the babysitter's house, which is a strange place which she'd never napped at before. And you want to know why she napped there, guys? You want to know why? Because I sleep trained her. Me, not daddy, not grandma's advice, not listening to the next door lady. I did that. I am a genius. I need a trophy. Thank you. My favorite part about this is move over, Albert Einstein. There's a new yeah. genius in town. Yeah. My the kid best. slept somewhere weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is genius. And you're right. You figured out whatever magical yeah. spell or set of steps or whatever. Yep. Got your kid to sleep. Like routine. Special triggers. Ding, ding, ring the bell, mm-hmm. sound asleep, whatever yep. it is that you did. Yep. And you didn't let everybody tell you how you should do it. Right. You just did it. Yeah. And it worked. In it this totally instant. worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're doing amazing. Yeah, you're amazing. I Great know. job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. I forgot a thing Mm. that I learned before, already one time before, and had to relearn that thing. That thing being... Is it a bicycle? Nope. (laughs) Not a bicycle. We've got that one under control. Damn it. (laughs) So, Transformer toys. Some of them are really annoying to -hmm. transform and like way too hard for most kids to transform. True. We learned that a long time ago. And then we weren't into Transformers for a really long time. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) They're too fucking hard. Anyway, go ahead. So recently we've gotten back into Transformers and (laughs) (laughs) there's a birthday happening. Yeah. And Curtis is turning four. Happy birthday, Curtis. All right, all right, all right. Anyways, we got some Transformers. Transformers 
and really they are so hard mm. i mean it's like a puzzle like yeah. if you think about it like a puzzle it's pretty cool because it's yeah. a hard puzzle to do for me as an adult yeah do you think my kids really like that and that's really what how they want to interact with their transformer toys that they're just like playing imaginary games with no no not so much you gotta guess no there was a lot of screaming a lot of crying a lot of disappointment a lot of can we write a horrible review can we call where we got this from and tell them that they owe us money for making us go through this oh my god i would have been like here's the phone i'm out Oh, God. Yeah. And it's honestly like it's just a thing. It's just one of those things that happens. But the fact that it was happening to me again, like three Mm. years later, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I already knew this. I just like forgot to think about it when I was like picking out what we were getting. You know, I forgot to look for the one that's like a two step, you know. Yeah, But even even with the forgetting, even if you hadn't forgotten, Mm -hmm. enough time has passed that Mm -hmm. it's acceptable to think it's not going to be as bad as the first time. Right. I'm just going to put that out there, too. Yeah, Because that's right. I've been there, you know, Mm -hmm. and they are. Transformers are hard. Sometimes you have to, like, be holding something in one place to get the next thing Mm -hmm. to lock into place. You have to... Do these very slight, man- subtle yeah. maneuvers to get did something you inside. Put and the hands put in. This did you take the hands out? Did you turn the hand? Did twist the then head? Then there's the wrist joint and the Is elbow it? joint. Right. Is it a car? Was I trying to turn it back into a car or was I trying <laughs> to turn it back into the robot? I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, can I just add on to this that yeah. now I'm the, because I'm the only one who can do it, you're now the I'm also the one doing it. Yeah. Every time somebody wants theirs. Yeah. Switched. Yep. Oh, yeah. What's easier, teaching your kids to tie their shoes, use the DVR, or change a transformer? I don't know. It's the new challenge, the new parenting challenge. I'm sorry. No one likes fucking birthdays where everybody is screaming about a nice thing you got them. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. very sorry. Thank you. Okay. I think I shared on the show that the kids had at some point in time started like, you know, I think I had yelled something like, go outside. I don't care what you do. Just go outside. (laughs) And they were outside playing with the hose. We have this very sick old lemon tree that comes back to kind of life every year when we have like two weeks of rain. And then Uh like, it's like, whoa. I'm alive. And then it just dries out the rest of the year, Mm -hmm. producing about five lemons a year. (laughs) Anywho. That's weird. uh, It's almost like trees and fruit need water to grow. It is strange. We are learning this. But Uh the tree got a lot of water this year because the kids invented this game called the damn game. <laughs> I love my kids. And where they like run the hose and then they build dams around the lemon tree because the lemon tree is sort of like in a little circle of stones, mm-hmm. right? So you can access the mud. And they've been playing the damn game for a while. They play it like all the time. Like in between breaks at school, they'll be like, you want to go play the damn game? Yeah, I do. And they go outside and I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Amazing. I, I don't care yeah. what you do. Yes. This has been going on for months. Here comes 
Sunday. Uh, and Stefan walks up to me and says, the lemon tree is dead. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, it's completely fallen over. So Kat had gone out to pick a lemon and upon picking it, the entire tree just came out of the ground. And it wasn't oh. a big tree, by the way. This was like yeah. a tree a little taller than me, maybe six okay. feet, not huge yeah. and weak. But anyway, they had just put so much water in there that like, basically they created a sinkhole. Yeah. And the tree just, like when I went out days later to look at it, I do think there's this sinking process to that whole bricked in area. I'm like, I don't remember the ground being two inches lower than the brick on the inside. Like that seems weird. So wow, property damage. Yes. But let me tell you, I'm gonna tell you this though. It was a hundred percent fucking worth it. I knew you were gonna it say was 100% that. A hundred percent worth it. If they want to ruin every tree and they could just ruin the yard they just play <laughs> together nicely outside for hours <laughs> i'm with you there you go hi one bad mother i am calling with a fail and it is one of those very special fails that started out as a super smart genius my two and a half year old loves octonauts and also hates wearing clothes so I had the bright idea, used it a couple times, you know, a, a blue shirt or an orange shirt and saying, oh, yeah, wear this. This is your Captain Barnacle shirt or this is your Quasi shirt. And it totally worked. And in the morning, he immediately gets dressed in his whatever I'm calling his Captain Barnacle's pants or his dashy shirt. The problem is, is they're all just regular clothes. So now... Uh, he will insist on a um, dashy shirt and only want to wear a dashy shirt. And I don't know what the fuck shirt I randomly called a dashy shirt or a tweak shirt. So now it's a mess in the morning of trying to figure out what actual shirt he is talking about. So um, you're all doing a wonderful job. Clearly, I'm not. Love the show. Bye. There's a lot of characters in Octonauts. There are a lot of That's characters. That's a lot to keep straight. I know, especially if you get into the Vegemals, right? Like those oh, guys. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And the clothing is, <sighs> on the one hand, this is genius because almost anything can be a this character or that character shirt. Yeah. But that makes it also really hard to remember. <laughs> I feel like my greatest discovery as a parent so far has been the commitment that fast problem solving forces you into. Yeah. You can't just come up with a clever solution to a problem that then doesn't become a problem for you. Yeah. yeah. So, again, everybody needs to stop problem solving <laughs> and enjoy our octonauts as God intended us to. Naked on the couch. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. 
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Rothy's, the company making stylish, sustainable shoes and bags that are carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. They are made out of plastic water bottles! Take that, marine plastic! I love living in tennis shoes and I have to wear shoes that actually look like I am a grown person out in the world. <laughs> and the Rothy shoes are so sophisticated looking when they're on, but they're so comfortable. And are you ready for this? You can put them in the washing machine. This is like a magic shoe. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com mother. That's Rothy's dot com r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash mother style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites head over to rothys.com slash mother today welcome thank you no problem. these are real podcast listeners not actors what do you look for in a podcast reliability is big for me power i'd say comfort what do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McElroys as they return to Dungeons & Dragons with The Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found. Well, everyone, here we are, ready to settle in with our favorite, Teresa, while we listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, one bad mother. This is either a rant or a fail. I guess it's kind of a fail. I'm just curious, why is it that if we ever speak the words that our kids are, like, doing well, that we've gotten to a groove, that things are going well, like, things are good, like, literally, if we ever say those things or even think those things, it's like a guarantee that probably within 24 hours, shit will hit the fan. Everything goes wrong. It's like literally the act of saying the words. I don't know. I, I don't know. Just curious. Hopefully you don't hear all the screaming in the background. But, yeah, I spoke the words. I had a moment of being proud. Now, countdown to bed. You're all doing a great job, and I am not. First of all, you are doing a remarkable job. I like the idea 
that this might have been a fail simply by saying something nice about <laughs> about your life or your children. I like the idea that this can happen even by just thinking the thoughts, oh. like which you also mentioned in your call. Mm. And this, I had a very similar thought process a couple of days ago where I thought to myself like, okay, things are like getting manageable. And I then my immediate next thought was, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> because genuinely. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, for real. Oh, because no. it's it, the last 10 times in history that I can, the most recent 10 times that I can remember having that thought just yeah immediately were followed by something terrible happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for us in this house, it's like, oh, I think Ellis has really turned a corner. <laughs> right? Ellis has gotten such control over his emotions. They've been doing such a good job of, like, handling. And then that's even, I mean, even the notion of the, like, when Stefan will be like, did you see that? The Legos he yeah. was carrying fell and shattered yeah. and he just picked him up and started building and yeah. i just pulled my watch out and looked yeah and started counting down 10 yeah. 9 8 7 yeah. ah! right? right but that doesn't so but it doesn't negate the things that we're seeing that are True. real that's like that's the thing it's like it's 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 that our expectations are getting messed up by these things we're noticing which are real like mm -hmm noticing a moment being okay <laughs> is real it's it's not a jinx it's not mm -mm. stepping stones to disaster it it is a real thing but it makes us think now this is my life like it make for some reason we don't just l accept that moment <laughs> no. we think like okay now this moment is what all the future moments will be like and it's deeply disappointing it's and when it's not yes yeah well it's but you know what i think it's also good moments right good moments are not as emotionally like stressful or like they don't carry the same weight mm -hmm. as bad so like not yelling when lego bricks fall apart is great that's all mm -hmm. it is it's just yeah really great and now yeah. we all get to move on with whatever we were doing mm -hmm. there was no loss of energy to that yes. right yes when they break and there is a massive emotional breakdown everything stops and it becomes very tiring Yes. That and so that's why that feels like that's there's more of that than the other. There's more of that that's worse. We all want the like ah like yeah. that's that is a better place. Yes. Right? I, you're doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. And I guess just try not to ever acknowledge that anything's good ever again. That's that's the takeaway, right, Teresa? <laughs> Or maybe maybe if I just like step on a Lego right away oh. whenever I have that thought. Keep then a jack it will... in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze it. <laughs> oh my God, everybody's so great. 
broken. Teresa, I am so happy to see you. I hope that Curtis had a wonderful birthday despite the Transformers. (laughs) And you are doing a very good job. I can see it. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And I look forward to summoning you again next week. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. What did we learn? We took a long time learning today. It was a long episode, but I got to tell you, that was worth it to me. I love Lenore so much, and I am so glad that I had the opportunity to come back seven years later and tell her, no, 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 I assumed that you were perfect and that you let your kids do everything, and I was the monster for not doing it, and being told that she herself is terrified of many things regarding her children. So that was a big plus. And, you know, just the reminder that (laughs) they do have to go do some stuff on their own sometimes. And it is scary. And I think her point on you let them do the things that you are okay with, right? Like that it's okay to acknowledge where your comfort zone is and where your I'm terrified of everything zone is as the parent, and then navigate from there, not be mad or judgmental of either of those two places. Like we all have both of those places and those comfort level lines are different for each one of us. Okay. Some things that I'm totally fine letting my kid do might freak somebody else out and vice versa. And that is fine. That's okay. But there really is benefit to our kids gaining more and more independence. Drive a car at seven? No. Make a sandwich? Yes. And yes, I acknowledge that sometimes it is work to let a child be independent. Or you have to just let go of whatever mess is going to be there or whatever you're going to hear from the background and the noise in the kitchen or whatever. And to just go ahead and give yourself you know, permission to be stressing out about that in the other room. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. You really are. This is really too much on top of a lot. And I see you and I will talk to you again next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. 
To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, I throw down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, I throw down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.